0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Macro Money. This is Ilya Spivak, head of global macro at Tasty Live. And we've got a big story for you today. We, of course, have an absolutely loaded week of macro event risk. So what we're going to do is focus on the big ones. We have three central bank announcements this week. We, of course, are going to talk about each one of them in detail as they come up over the week. So definitely come back to macro money throughout the week. We're going to do deep dives on each one of them. Today, we're going to take a very specific perspective and see what these three policy announcements might mean from a tradable, actionable perspective for the U.S. dollar. So we are going to go here uh, through each one, yet the really sort of important actionable elements of each one, and then tie them all up at the end with a look at the dollar and how it might move and how its trend might evolve as these things hit the wires. So let's have a look here uh, at that perspective. There we are. And we'll begin by first getting a general sense of where the path for each of these central banks is. We are, of course, looking at the FOMC, uh, the Fed. Now we're looking at the European Central Bank, the ECB, uh, and the Bank of England, the BOE in the UK. And uh, I've taken a snapshot of the current market-implied policy curves there as of yesterday. They haven't moved much uh, today, uh, so this is an accurate perspective on where rates are expected to go. And it establishes a nice baseline for us. We see, first and foremost here, that there is a lot of dispersion in the current policy rates and much less dispersion when we get about three years out. So what we're looking at is a path where things are going to get much closer to give or take 3% for each one of these. And where now we have quite a bit of uh, dispersion between uh, 4 uh and, uh and let's call it um, four-tenths of a percent, we'll round it up, for the U.S., three-and-a-half for the U.K., and two for the Eurozone. Looking first at the Fed, that's the green line there, uh, we can see that we have fully baked in a rate hike for this meeting. So you can see a month out from today, we are looking at rates that go from the 425-450 range 4.38, 4.38, obviously in the middle there, uh, to 4.7. So now we are in the 4.5 to 4.75 target range for Fed policy. We then top out somewhere between March and June at about 5 That would be the 475 to 5% range. So somewhere in there, uh, it looks like we are aiming for one more rate hike, either at the meeting after this one or the one after that. But by the middle of the year, we top out. And then within a year, we're cutting. Within two years, we're back to 3%. For the UK, it looks like we have... At this policy meeting 50 basis points almost fully baked in. So you can see uh, we're looking at a move from 350 to 393. So almost to four. So seemingly almost the full 50 basis points b- baked in here, very high likelihood of a 50 basis point move. Then uh, we get per- perhaps another Uh, 50 basis points before we peak mid-year right alongside the Fed and then start getting into cuts thereafter. For the Eurozone and the ECB, looks like we have the full 50 basis points baked in this time, another 50 basis points fully baked in within three months, another 50 basis points almost fully baked in by mid-year, and then, again, a peak there and a transition into cuts. As we start looking at some of these policy uh, curves more closely, this is the U.S. one, we see that really since the last Fed policy meeting in the middle of December, there has not been a whole lot of change here. So maybe a slightly steeper path. Um now versus before in the front. But as it happens from the peak six months onward, these curves are almost identical. So Fed policy expectations have not really changed. And really, what this steepness up front seems to suggest is that the Fed wants to get near that terminal rate probably within three months, and then hold there within some sort of a digestive period to give the market some room. So if anything, the steepness in the front, not indicative of more hawkishness, may be indicative of less. And so as we look at what the logic behind that is, here are the latest PMI numbers to give you a sense for how the economy and really economic activity is faring. This, of course, is a forward-looking indicator, so this is notwithstanding the slightly better-than-expected uh, GDP number for the fourth quarter that we saw. What this is telling us is that the forward-looking perspective is that economic activity has been slowing. Obviously, you can see the trend here is pointing down, and all of these are now below the telltale 50 level. That, in the logic of PMIs, separates growth and contraction. And now, service sector, manufacturing sector, and the two together, all in contraction mode. So, it would make sense that the Fed is wanting to get to peak rates faster, and wanting to um, be looking out into some sort of moderation in this tightening cycle. That, of course, has helped along by the sense in markets that inflation has peaked. If we look at the baked-in expectations for inflation in the bond market, that's the five-year break-even, and you'll see me use different tanners of – Of break evens as we go here, I'm essentially looking at the nearest term liquid one. Some of them can get rather illiquid. And what we need is a good liquid expectation uh, gauge for inflation. So for the US, that's the five year. um, And you can see here that if we lag CPI by just three months, because obviously, ex, uh, expectations move faster than realized numbers. Those realized numbers are reported with some lag because it takes time to gather all of this data, and markets are, in general, forward looking. So, lagging in this case by three months, we can see that CPI has already peaked, and inflation anticipating CPI. That, of course, lines right up. And it does look like we have scope to continue to weaken from here. So from the Fed's perspective, this makes sense. Moving on to the Bank of England, here you can see there has been a much more substantive shift in policy expectations. Here, the curve has become maybe a little bit uh, quicker uh, to get into the peak up front. But then we see a peak is occurring sooner than anticipated at the last policy meeting. So it looks like we had um, the off chance that we might get into maybe four and a quarter, uh, and then maybe uh, four and a half, and then maybe even approaching 475 before we peak sometime within a year. Well, now it looks like we're gonna peak at four and a half at six months, so mid-year. And the path forward now implies structurally lower rates after that six-month mark than was seen in mid-December. So the view for the Bank of England has become somewhat more dovish as far as policy expectations. That makes sense because here too, the trend in forward looking growth indications is decidedly negative. You can see it's pointing lower. You can see it's under that 50 line. So here, again, contraction in manufacturing, contraction in services, uh, contraction overall. We have a story here, seemingly, uh, much like in the US, the central bank could be near a point reasonably looking at expectations where they are all but done or at least where the end is in sight here too the fight with inflation started a bit later here so the lag is necessarily longer you can see here and of course the uk economy has also struggled a bit um and so has had issues Politically uh, and economically And so that contributes to a longer Lag as well, so we're lagging by A more significant seven months Here, but again you can see Once you pull CPI Back seven months You can see it lines up very Well with what's Going on in The five year UK break-even, which is the Bond markets baked in Inflation expectation And here you can see That break even has just sunk like a rock and is at this point now at the lowest since before the COVID outbreak. So we're looking at uh, the strong likelihood here, uh, seemingly, that inflation has peaked as well. That label that you see here, by the way, saying Eurozone inflation expectations, that's incorrect. That should be UK inflation expectations, and indeed, this is the UK break-even. Apologies about that. Nevertheless, it is now dropping, and it would suggest that, indeed, inflation is peaking, growth is as we've seen here, is uh, clearly not looking all that good. And in fact, the Bank of England has repeatedly talked about uh, this being something that gives us a recession through much of this year and maybe even next. And so we end up here in a situation where perhaps the Bank of England is getting ready to want down and could give us some signaling on that at the policy meeting this week. Moving on to the eurozone, another very clearly dovish shift in policy expectations, in this case, across the whole curve. So, what we have now is a very meaningful and ever-widening disparity between the curve now and uh, what was there mid-December at the last ECB meeting. Here— not surprisingly as well um, the growth story is maybe a tad more more uh, s- supportive but not very much so. Uh, you can see here the composite number has basically come back to even so nominally growing but essentially just holding steady the services side is a little bit, perked up, manufacturing still in contraction territory, but the trend unmistakably lower. And as we just got a glimpse here, if we do the same exercise here, where we take Eurozone CPI, and then we lag it, in this case, six months, and we overlay it with Germany's 10-year break-even the 5 years is not very liquid in Germany, which is why we look at this one. Neither is the seven-year, by the way. Um, with that in mind, we look at the 10-year the to get a better indication. And you can see here, too, by the looks of it, inflation has peaked. Once headline CPI is catching up more so with where expectations are going, it looks like there is a decline already in the works, which is, again, why we would expect to see this kind of shift in the yield curve. So, what is the bottom line? Well, we have a Fed that is looking at slowing growth, and that is seemingly attempting to get into terminal rates as quickly as possible. We have a ECB that looks like uh, expectations for policy are turning less hawkish. We have the Bank of England, where we see expectations doing the same. We have inflation that has seemingly peaked in all three major economies. And so the message— from all three of these central banks might well be, we may need to do a little bit more, some more than others, but the general census, mid-year, all of us are done. And part of the reason why we're done is inflation is peaking, and part of the reason that it's peaking, much of the reason that it's peaking, is that all of these rate hikes, have dramatically slowed growth. What does that mean for the U.S. dollar? Well, the U.S. dollar might well be the most catch-all expression of all three of these things. It has been absolutely pummeled in recent weeks and months, largely as we've had a sense that the Fed and these other central banks are getting toward the end of the their respective tightening cycles as we've just discussed. The dollar had been a, a beneficiary of the, uh, rising rates of course because the Fed was out front on them. For all of these central banks, however, the logic now to a pause and to a backing away from tightening would be inflation is softening because growth is weak. That sets up an environment where we can perhaps move on from a narrative that focuses on when which central bank will hike and by how much, and into what have been the costs of that policy. In that kind of an environment we look at a situation where what we have is risk aversion. If we are done speculating on rate moves and we're going to speculate again on a much broader, much more wider vision of what's going on in the global macroeconomy then It's the cost of the tightening that comes into focus as the next key object of speculation and what it means for business cycle considerations, for uh, asset allocation considerations. And if the main story is the global economy is slowing everywhere at the same time, then capital should ostensibly begin to move in the direction of safety, a kind of cashing out from risky assets. And when that occurs, the cash of choice is almost um, almost always uh, in part, but oftentimes mainly, the U.S. dollar. This is because the U.S. dollar is uniquely liquid and so uniquely able to absorb all that capital being cashed out of other things without moving so much that uh, it becomes difficult to move around in without losing money. It is also one of the currencies, uh, unique in that its managing authorities, U.S. government, the Fed, do not care if it strengthens. Many other economies would fight such a thing because it would hurt exports. uh, It would hurt uh, on the debt financing side. Many of them have U.S. dollar-denominated debts. Uh, It would hurt in terms of the cost of imports. And... What, because, of course, many of those are priced in U.S. dollars. What we see from the U.S. side, though, of course, is not that. U.S. authorities generally don't care if the dollar strengthens. It is a, consu- a, a, a consumption-driven economy. A stronger dollar increases the purchasing power of U.S. consumers, and the U.S. economy is driven by consumption. So that would be good news. Um, and And so when we look at this, we have a situation where perhaps if all of these central banks are singing from the same songbook, if all of them are saying growth has slowed, inflation has likely peaked, we see the end of tightening, well, then maybe the end result is the markets go, okay, well, we can can stop speculating on near-term moves. We can start speculating on the business cycle now, The business cycle is decidedly not well. Let's take risk off the table. The dollar is in this really interesting moment where it has actually pulled right back to its longer-term, former-range top. And if we look back just a little bit further, a swing top, looking at the Invesco, uh, Deutsche Bank, U.S. dollar ETF here, Ticker UUP, you can see that major, major area right around 2650 to 2719. This is a monthly uh, chart that you see here in front of you, where one bar is one month. When you come into this kind of level, you may well find support right here. And this may well be the launch pad for a, a fresh push higher perhaps even north of the 30 mark, into the swing top from last year, just under 31. And of course, we'll see from there. Alternatively, if we get a break through this area and find ourselves under the the um, 2650 level, then you can see we have recent swing bottoms giving us an idea of potential areas of subsequent support. Uh, around the 24 mark first, maybe into the, the 23 area thereafter, uh, and then, of course, down to the bottoms that we saw in 2011, 2014, around the 20 to 21 area. As I mentioned, we will, of course, p- pick apart each one of these policy announcements uh, as they come out throughout the week. But this gives you a sense for the generalized narrative, how it might play out and how it might directly influence this very interesting U.S. dollar setup just as we arrive at a critical juncture. This has been macro money i am elias at head of global macro at tasty live thank you very much for joining me see you on the show tomorrow thank you The content of this podcast is provided solely by TastyTrade, Inc., and are not the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliate companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a research report, trading or investment advice, or a recommendation that any investment strategy, security, or futures product is suitable for any person. You are responsible for making your own investment decisions in light of your individual investment knowledge, objectives, and financial situation. Applicable supporting documentation for any claims, including claims made on behalf of options programs, comparison, recommendations, statistics, or other technical data will be supplied upon request. Tasty Trade, Inc. is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.